Welcome to Episode 8 of the Toxic Positivity Podcast. I'm your host, Lillian Lalo. If you're an original follower of the show, it's been well over a month since I've released a new episode. I've sort of been waiting for this creative energy to hit because when it does, I can work quickly and clearly and it's a ton of fun. Now, as of this recording, August 16th, 2020, I am not making any money off of this show. And if anyone wants to change that, email me. But because I'm not getting paid, this is truly a passion project. I never want to force an episode out into the universe just because I'm trying to keep up with some self-inflicted schedule. Um, A little message to that person that left a one-star review on this podcast. It made me laugh and it really lifted my little cloud. (laughs) The review says, wait, wait, wait. This podcast is only about MLMs? I don't know why that just tickled me. Yes, this podcast is a platform for me to talk about whatever I want, which just so happens to be balancing out that narrative that MLMs are the best thing ever. I do recommend starting with episode one for context and general background on what I'm talking about when it comes to multi-level marketing companies. So here I am in my little at-home converted closet sound booth with my little red microphone and my white bar stool that kind of creaks. And figuratively speaking, I'm sitting on so many interviews, information, thoughts, and comments from dozens of you, and I want to give that a platform. In today's episode, I want to address something that's a phenomenon I've found in the MLM world. And it's not scientifically proven. This is just a conclusion I've drawn from a small sample size. I've noticed that people who get involved with one MLM are more likely to get involved with more MLMs, thinking maybe the next one will be different. In episode one, I read a message out loud uh, from a young man who had left an MLM. And some of my anti-MLM friends have alerted me that this same young man has dabbled or might still be dabbling in a different MLM. And there's no judgment from me. This is a thing. It happens. It's okay. Let's learn from it. I think it's good to be aware that the draw of an MLM might be more appealing if you've already been involved with one. And it's a good thing to understand if you've helped a family member or friend recently escape the clutches of an MLM. Know that the draw to try again with another MLM company might pull them back. How Stuff Works published an article by Julia Layton called How Cult Recruitment Works. It lists certain personality traits that make someone more susceptible to being drawn into a cult. I've linked the article in the show notes. And many of those traits are very normal human qualities, like the desire to feel validated. I've also linked a short, helpful article from a psychology website that has more detailed info on the psychology of cults, and it's a really quick read. The woman you're about to hear from, I'm calling Mystery Woman, because I don't want to give her a fake name. When I hear a disclaimer about a fake name, all I can think about is why did they choose that name? So on this space, Mystery Woman will stay named Mystery Woman. She's a woman who reached out to me on Instagram, and we've become internet friends. She grew up in a small religious cult, and her story is fascinating to me. She says that growing up in a cult makes her more gullible and susceptible to manipulation. So if any parts of her story feel not very developed on my part or like I'm leaving out some juicy details— 
That's because I'm protecting her identity. And full disclosure, if you're listening to this, that means Mystery Woman has listened and approved this episode before I hit publish. So let's dive in, get cozy, make sure you're buckled in if you're driving. It's story time. It's hard to introduce this particular religious cult because it does not have an official name. So in her own words, I'm going to let Mystery Woman tell us about it. And I also have a culteducation.com article listed in the show notes that has official information on this group if you want to do your own research. They're really difficult to find information on because the one of their tenets is they don't have a name. I kind of knew it as the truth or the way, which you know, those are extremely difficult keywords to work with. The two by twos is the Wikipedia name for it, which is kind of an old name from like the early 1900s. So I grew up in it from birth until I left, you know, the love bombing thing that you speak about in MLMs, which I think is one of those things where it affected me. The MLM version of it affected me really strongly because I was so accustomed to it. They do that in the church. That's the way that they kind of get people to come is they like find someone who's hurting in some way usually like the -the run-of-the-mill things of like drug abuse alcohol abuse yeah they are like oh well i have you know you want to come to this meeting scientology thing that leah remini did was really hard for me to watch really i wasn't even a scientologist it really is such an interesting thing to have such a deeply ingrained belief system that you depart from and still in a way kind of are afraid of. If you've not watched Remini's Scientology expose on A&E, I think it's important. I have the show linked in the show notes. The thing that creates the problem is the mistrust of the news that they promote the mistrust of just everyone in general is against you trying to steal your soul and your half your you know peace and whatever else which i guess is like the problem with the mlm stuff if you want to go back to that it's like that's all the self help books that they tell them to read is don't watch the news you know screw the haters if your significant other thinks it's a sham then you know, get divorced, basically. It was known that there were books that people had written against the religion. And the internet was obviously like just kind of becoming a thing. So I was always told like, don't read any of that stuff because it's Satan trying to, you know, make you lose your way. That's verbatim. Mystery Woman says she started questioning the nature of her reality because of two separate friends during different times in her life. One when she was a teenager, and another when she was working for her father, who is a member of the group. She gives these two friends and her employer credit for helping her find the strength to escape the clutches of the cult. My friend was like, you should really question some of these things you believe. Like, what do you believe? And I, like, woke up to the fact that, like, I had no idea what I believed or, like, what, who I was. It was crazy. I'm really glad that she helped me, like, figure out, like, I just don't know what I believe. And then from there... I started going to therapy and things like that. Um, But yeah, like, I I don't think without her help, I would have ever even really woken up to the fact that I needed to get out of it. Another friend of mine who was super helpful, she started pointing out like, hey, you know, you go to these like church things and you're supposed to come back like feeling good about yourself and you just come back like a shell. So I finally like asked one of my other random friends like, hey, I think I need a job. Like, 
is your company hiring? And that's the company I work for now. That was kind of like the final straw of I don't work for them. I don't live with them. And now I don't have to do their religion with them. After leaving the religious cult group, she joined an MLM. She saw that group as an answer, a way to make friends, and it gave her a new sense of belonging. I have to be so careful with like who I trust and why I trust them. And that's really why I got like sucked into this MLM world was because I think I was just vulnerable and not, I wasn't aware that I was, you know, all of a sudden there's all these like Huns just like doing their Hun thing. And I'm like, Oh my God, there's this community of supportive women. Right. Exactly. Which I was so starved for because when you leave a cult, a religious cult, you, especially when your family's involved, you don't have anyone left. People think that cults are just like this thing that happened in the seventies. No. And, and, <laughs> and that they're not, they're not around anymore. Like, Oh, that's so cool to read about, but it doesn't affect me. But like people could know someone down the street or their neighbor. And especially these modern day MLMs that they think are these just harmless groups but they're very destructive and very scary. And I think when people hear your story, just cre- you're helping me create an awareness and helping other people create an awareness. And if you've been a member of an MLM before or any kind of cult organization, be extra careful. Like Mystery Woman has realized for herself, she can be easily manipulated. Surround yourself with people that can keep you in check. Be patient with yourself and make sure to do plenty of research before diving into any other groups or organizations. It's interesting because I saw people leave and then because of the guilt that they have of thinking that it's the only correct way to live, they come back. And I've seen that in some of the forums I've been able to find. It's a very common thing and because it's such an obscure group, I don't know if there's a lot of support and a lot of people when they leave blame normal human if you want to call it suffering or whatever on leaving and i see the same thing in the mlm world of like if you're seeing this post and you're worried about money like this is your sign to sign up with me i have a lot of sympathy for like mlm people that get drug in by their family as it's your family member you don't know where the love bombing starts and stops from like just normal caring. I've been told professionally by like therapists twice that I really need to cut them out of my life. But that's like the heart. This, I guess, maybe is what people in MLMs feel too, is like you, you get kind of in this position of thinking people care. And then how do you walk away from that? So how do you walk away from family and friends that are involved with any kind of cult group? Well, I would argue that you don't walk away from them. You walk away from the destructive group. You distance yourself from the MLM or questionable organization that they're involved with. People in these groups need their family and true friends more than ever. I don't agree with Mystery Woman's therapist telling her to cut her family out of her life. In my unprofessional opinion, that's just not a sustainable solution. And sadly, that would end up giving the cult group more power by alienating their members that need outside support the most. 
So if you're in a similar situation with a friend or family member, I recommend holding the space for that person. Provide a safe place that person can come back to when their MLM fails or when they have doubts about their destructive group. Humans evolve and change. Just because they're obsessed with essential oils or nail wraps or enlightenment right now, that doesn't mean they're going to hold on to that forever. If we cut out our friends and family who need us most, these groups have taken away the one thing that we really do have control over, and that's preserving our relationships. Set clear boundaries that you're not a sales or recruitment target. Hold firm to those, but also remain a supportive, loving force in their lives. A safe person they know will not judge them or mock them should they need your advice, help, and most importantly, friendship in the future. Toxic Positivity was written, produced, and edited by me, Lillian Lalo. Original music by Grace Tillman. Script consultation provided by our mystery woman, and I'm so grateful for her time and willingness to share her story. Resources are listed in the show notes in the order they were mentioned. Remember, you are not alone. You have not failed. Let's expose the truth and make a difference.